Hello and welcome to the Waste of Web Space podcast, episode 63. Starring Jimbo and Fisher. And we have entitled this podcast, Don't Go Breaking the Lockdown, But Do. Are you ready for your song? Go on then, Jimbo. Don't go back into work. But if you can, then do. Go outside if you get restless. In fact, no, stay inside. Nobody knows it. Nobody knows what the hell to do. Boris ain't got a clue. Oh, oh. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what the hell to do. Boris ain't got a clue. Oh, better stay alert. So, uh, so there you go. Obviously, uh, you last week when we started this podcast and I was trying to dress as Dame Edna Everidge, you said I looked like Elton John. So yep. I've actually tried to come as Elton John this time. Do I look, have I come looking like somebody else this time? Uh, you look like Dame Edna Everidge. <laughs> um, you, you do look, I suppose, I'm not too sure about the hair, although you are wearing a wig, which probably is you know, very Elton John-like, I would say. Yep. Uh, the interesting thing is that I can actually see your screen quite clearly in your glasses now, so I can see, I can see myself fairly clearly. Um, I'm not sure what, what you'd look like if you were to take the, the glasses off. Well, to I be honest, I suspect you probably look a bit more like Jerry Halliwell with that wig. Uh, well, th- this is the thing. This is a wig from a Jerry Halliwell set. Right, I've never okay. dressed as Je- Jerry Halliwell, by the way. Um, so I've bor- why have you got the clothing for it? I've borrowed. I've just borrowed the wig from it. That's all. Right. But yeah, I'm not going to keep it on all the way through. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, that, that's why we've done that because obviously, the, it, all around the messaging about the uh, the new messaging around COVID nineteen um, and the sort of uh, the government messaging being a little bit unclear for, for some people's liking, isn't it? And we I think we made a few references to this, didn't we, in our on our um, Twitter account last last Sunday? I think we did actually. Yeah, we we humor we tried to do some Twitter jokes, didn't we? Eh? Um, now, obviously, helpfully, you've not really brought this to my attention before just now, so I need to try and remember what is it, what what it was that I tweeted. <laughs> Um, we did we our did road stay head- alert signs, didn't we? Yes, we did some great guidance that were heads, shoulders, knees and toes, just in case you're struggling with that particular song. <laughs> uh, obviously, I think that's quite important. Obviously, we, we, we made some kind of reference to if you're very bored and fed up at home, then the result of what you should be doing is listening to the Waste of Web Space podcast. Of course. What best advice could you ever have? So, uh, yeah, um, so that, that's the title of our podcast. Don't go breaking the lockdown, but do. And uh, that was sang by Elton Johnson. You like that? Actually, you should have called him. That, now I think about it, it should have might have been better to be called to call him Eaton Johnson. <laughs> That's pretty good as well. Uh, anyway, um, so should we get on with the rest of the podcast? Yes, let's get on. I thought I'd like to do a few shout-outs before we get started in this episode. So we've had some. Uh, so we've we've had some some good sort of you know responses over the last few weeks or so, haven't we? Have you noticed that? Well, people are very bored, Jim, about me. Yeah. But there, there, there is so little else to do. <laughs> Which is bad, isn't it, where, the, the, where we're filling people's time. That's how bored people actually are. Um, but, but a shout-out to the people who are um, either responding to our, our posts on Facebook or liking our accounts. So just a couple I want to mention. It's a couple of people from our old school, isn't it, as well, Fisher? So let's give a shout-out to uh, Cassandra Brown. I did mention her last week, actually, but it wasn't an official shout-out, so she gets an official shout-out this week. 
And she shared it for us, I think, as well. And yeah, there we go. And also Luke Fernley. Do you remember Luke Fernley? I remember Luke Fernley, yeah. Yep. So Luke Fernley has liked our Instagram account and possibly Twitter account as well. Uh, he's a big Sheffield Wednesday fan. So and you know what? He's, he's one of those... He must have been so handy in any sort of quiz over the lockdown that's got anything to do with Sheffield Wednesday and attendances and games and what happened at those games. Because I remember when I was at school with Luke, you could ask him about the attendance at a game and he could give you more or less the exact number. It'd be a very niche skill to have though, isn't it? I mean, how many many pub quizzes have you ever been in that said, what was the attendance between Sheffield Wednesday and Brighton Hove Albion on the 4th of August... Uh, 2017. But those people who are Sheffield Wednesday fans who get together to do it on for for a, a specific reason of doing a Sheffield Wednesday pub quiz or something, he's very useful in that situation. Now, I do remember that although this was at a time at school when we were probably, what, about 12, 13, that you used to pluck these numbers out of thin air, I do remember not having Google back then or a phone that could just Google the answer. So I think we also at the same time had to just take his word for it. But I did have football programmes um, and I remember testing him out and he could get the numbers more or less exactly right. Um, so that Very was good. that was a talent. Anyway, so there you go. There's a f- shout out for uh, Cassandra Brown. And uh, uh, Cassandra Brown, I don't believe she's got any particular skills with naming football attendances, but I'm sure she's got plenty of other skills. And Luke Fernley, who has got football attendance relating to Sheffield Wednesday skills. Yeah, I mean, I've, I I got one message from a listener this week, yep. uh, which was from Steve I mentioned on the last episode. He just messaged me saying, do some proper research. <laughs> so, you know. it, it, why is that? Is that because of the Aston Villa thing, the football mascot thing? Possibly. Um, I didn't really want to delve into it because, let's be honest, there's that many bits of poor research that we've either done or not done. Oh, what, when but, I nearly uh, killed probably, somebody. Yeah, I, I didn't want to kind of uh, open that Pandora's box. <laughs> I think part of the thing was, um, I, I think one of his questions was to do with um, how the mascot for Aston Villa got involved in the um, sort of with him in sacked was it doing things against a goalpost or Miss Aston Villa and all that sort of stuff so I think I think I got that wrong last time um, one thing that did interest me actually in terms of people we used to go to school with uh, is a photo that I saw a few weeks ago in the Sheffield Star now I don't know if you know that uh, this week is um, National Mental Health Week uh, and obviously a lot of people particularly at this point in time struggle with their mental health which is very understandable particularly uh, given the current circumstances and do you know what the theme is for this National Mental Health Week? The theme is kindness. Oh, right, okay. Be kind to each other. Yeah. Um, and my attention was attracted uh, by a photo that admittedly did come up a couple of weeks ago by some people who were formerly attendants at our school. I don't know if you can see that uh, <laughs> on, the, on the photo. I can there. see that. And it's got, it's got a few people who basically have been involved, presumably, in the school science club. Uh, I don't know if you saw the caption on it there as well yeah um yeah, it's, got, it's got these kids you know a few people who, who we know i'll not mention the names but um yeah they've got the goggles on to be fair very early ppe that i mean yeah i would say this is probably taken 15 years ago did, did you ever could, could you would you own up to ever actually taking any goggles home i, I never took any goggles home uh, I've, got, I've got my own goggles now i've never owned up to it but yeah just in case um <laughs> but the caption to the photo do you know it says in this world where we need to be kind to each other go on Science boffins. <laughs> it's simply the simply the only word it says uh, now, underneath that. Are Sheffield you just star. jealous because you wasn't in that photograph and you would have loved to have been a science boffin? No, no, I'm I'm more than happy not being in that photograph. I just think it's <laughs> why why aren't why aren't they saying hard working students who are doing very well at school and being successful and taking their ac- academic studies seriously? No, science boffins. <laughs> love that. There we go.
So I believe it's time for our drinks, Fisher. So are, yep. we, are we good to go with that? Um, now, this might yeah. be a struggle for me this week because I have, I have got a touch of laryngitis, I think, from doing quite a lot of recording with radio, my own training stuff for my, for my little business that I have in my spare time. Um, oh, what business is that, Jim? That's Be Presentable on the Greatest PowerPoint Showman, PowerPoint Training Available, full or half days at a very yep. affordable price. But anyway, we don't mention that very often. No. Not as much as we used to do the old radio show. I was going to say, aren't you still doing your radio show again? I am, yeah. I'm doing every Friday and Sunday at the minute. Uh, two well, four on a Friday, and ten well, twelve on a Sunday, just during the lockdown period, yeah. on Penniston FM. 95.7, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it's Lovely. time for his drink, so this might be a bit of a struggle for me today. What have you got? Uh, I've got some, I think I've had this before, probably on a couple of occasions, um, Badger Brewery Fusty Ferret. Um, Is it not Thirsty Ferret? That's a good point, actually. Thirsty Ferret. <laughs> Have I never noticed that? Fusty that's, ferret. That's well, a, that sounds like that sounds some, the way you might describe a lady you meet in Benidorm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so it's, it's been put out to dry. It's, it's been put on the air, but not dry. Properly, <laughs> I mean, I must have had this. I must have had this drink about three or four times and never caught on to the word. Yeah, you know, I've seen it before where it says that doesn't really matter in which way you get the letters in the middle of the word as long as you get the first one right and the last one right then you're pretty much all right <laughs> and you can unjubble it yourself but yeah because thirsty spelled th i've just never really picked up on the fact it's called thirsty ferret and not fusty ferret well there you go it does make a lot more sense obviously uh, so my, um, my beer then you've had a few of those beers before haven't you as well um well no as it turns out i've had a completely different one but yes <laughs> so for me then mine is for another shout out i've just started a new job as well uh today uh, working as a learning technologist uh, for the university where I work. Um, but previous to that, I worked in a different team and somebody I work with called Lewis Parker, who was a Sheffield United fan. Um, but, you know, that, that is the worst thing about him, to be fair. Um, does he, he know the attendance of all the Sheffield United games? I bet he doesn't. No. Not a proper fan, clearly. Um, but anyway, he gave me something to try and it's this. It's Push Pineapple. Um, all right. I don't, there's not the rest of the, you know, Push Pineapple Apple Pen. It's not one of those from that song a few years ago that annoyed everyone. But no, this is Push Pineapple Milkshake IPA. So this could be very interesting. It's a in, India Pale Ale, um, and it's brewed in Warwickshire. There you go. Um, okay. So that that's what I've got. But a big thanks to um, Lewis Parker for providing me with this. I, I think he's vegan, so I think the reason that I've got it is that he can't have it because he's vegan and it's he's looked at the ingredients and it's it's well if it's milkshake I don't know whether that means it's got milk in it I, I'm not sure but anyway so so is this some kind of leaving present or so to speak or no just, just just he just gave it me just said he's got oh, it right. you want it and I said oh well that's great I could have it on the podcast yeah so I'd like to try oh, something new every week oops we've got uh so have uh, we got we, a proper we have oh it does smell a bit or a bit a bit strange but yeah we'll give it a go okay okay um, well cheers Jimba cheers. Thank you. So, uh, it's your show and tell this week, isn't it, Fisher? Yeah. Um, I could show and tell the quite simply enormous head <laughs> on this uh, on this uh, beer that I've poured, but never mind. Um, so, it's my show and tell. And obviously, you may notice that I'm wearing some interesting attire. Uh, I'm dressed. You're wearing attire. Uh, might as well be. Um, <laughs> so. I've got this hat on, which is obviously, it's not just to kind of try and keep my hair in check. It's also just part of the look of a golfer. And I'm not playing much golf at the moment. But, um, I'm not missing it too much. And obviously because of the lockdown, it means that I might be back playing golf soon. But my show and tell item is 
Can I just say, talking about hair before you move on, I've just mm-hmm. seen um, Fernando Forestiere, Sheffield Wednesday player. I'm not sure if he's a listener or not. I don't think so. Um, I don't think he'd be able to keep up with our lingo because he's, uh, he's, uh, he's Italian-Argentinian, I think. So not sure he'd so, keep yeah. up with our, with our language. But anyway, um, he, I've just seen him playing, uh, just having a bit of a kick around with his kid on the park, not too far from here. Mm-hmm. And I, he's had his hair cut. He's definitely had um, his hair cut. So where's that been yeah. done? Because we're struggling, aren't we? Ours is getting well, out of control. Might have got a pair of clippers. If he hadn't have had it cut, they could have called him Fernando Forresty Harry. That exactly. That was actually my uh, football team name, my fantasy football team name once. All right. <laughs> there we go. Fair enough. So anyway, this is the, the this is the show and tell item. It's my golf shoes, and uh, if I'm it, it, it turns out actually a fairly mucky pair of golf shoes that I should have really cleaned after the last time I wore them, but uh, but not so. I'll pop those back down. But effectively, they're very much a pair of standard golf shoes made by Footjoy, I think, who are well-known manufacturer of golf shoes. And the story really relates to the first occasion on which I wore these. And the year was 2012, I think. Yes, I'm fairly sure it was 2012. And I was on a golf day at a nearby golf course around here. That's, uh, I think it was Sitwell Park, which is out towards sort of Wiston Wickersley kind of area, if you're, if you're aware of where that is, Jimbo. And... It refers to the yeah, first time I wore them. What happened on this golf day of note? Is it that I was playing in the golf day and playing in the first? Uh, have you ever played? Have you ever played golf, by the way, Jimbo? Um, I've done a bit of crazy golf and a bit of pitch but and putt. Nothing. No. But oh, never, I did. Never, I went, I've been to the driving range a few times and had a go at that just for laugh. How did it go? Um, not too well. I seemed to be hitting it further when I had no technique, and then as soon as the person who was running the uh, the sort of driving range came over and gave you some tips, I just couldn't hit it yeah. anywhere. So if I'd, if I'd carried on hitting it the way I wanted to hit it, I might have had a really bad back for quite a few years ahead of me, but at least I would have hit my uh, golf ball further. Uh, well, yes. yeah. Um, so it, it, it involves the first time I wore these golf shoes, and which of these two things happened? Was it I was playing golf in the golf day and playing in the first group to leave? So when you're playing in a golf day, you've maybe got 16 people, 20 people, and you're playing four or five groups of four, something like that. Depends how many people you've got, obviously. Just like give each other a head start sort of thing. Uh, well, obviously, the, the first lot tee off from the first hole, and then the second lot tee off from the first hole after the first lot have gone, kind of thing. So, obviously, you can't. You, you all start at the first hole, and you've got to wait for the first group to play first, and the second group plays and all that sort of stuff. So, I was playing in the golf day, and playing in the first group to leave. My tee shot on the first hole hit a tree and bounced back to me, in front of a crowd of around 16 people. It is the most embarrassing moment of my golf career. <laughs> so we'll, we'll come to the question shortly, but that was scenario one. Had a golf day, went up to the tee box in front of everyone I was playing in the day. First shot, hit a tree, and it kind of bounced back to me and landed to just in front of where I was stuck. Second scenario, I was playing in this golf day, and the golf day was ultimately won by a man who only had one leg. <laughs> right, okay. Um, I'm going to quiz you on both of them then. First of all, of number one, uh, you say that this golf day was being held in 2012. You think uh, it was yes. around that sort of time. I think so it was February 2012, yeah. you, you can't have been playing golf too long at that at that stage, or, you know, would, when did you start playing, do you think? Uh, I first started playing, uh, I first learned how to play golf, uh, and in terms of doing a golf swing and all that sort of stuff, probably at the range, uh, age of about four or five years old. All right, okay. Um, so I've, I've played since a very young age with actual golf club and balls. I've never, and I always as a young kid, played on pitch and putts and that sort of stuff when I was on holiday. When I was about sort of maybe 19 years old, I then started going out and actually playing around golf courses 
Um, and I'm generally, for someone who doesn't play a huge amount of golf, which I, I will play literally two or three times a year now, I'm probably quite a reasonable player for someone who's not played a huge amount. Oh, here we go. Here we go. It's just something I can do quite send, easily. Send yeah. your, your tweeters if you want to chal- take Fisher on at a round of golf. We can do that now, apparently. Uh, <laughs> get in touch. Uh, so 2012 that was, and it was the no, most... don't em- get in touch. It- <laughs> that, we're not allowed to do that. <laughs> it was the most embarrassing moment of your golf history. Actually, I don't believe between then and 2012 and now that there's not been anything else more embarrassing happened to you. I've played worse shots, don't get me wrong. But it's just but the this, way- was, this was on a golf day in front of everyone else playing in the tournament, I say there was about, I, I, I don't know exactly how many were there, but there were definitely five groups and I was in the first of five. So there was between 16 and 20 people. Our our group was going off first. Actually, I was in a group before, so it must have been 20 because you send your four ball out. Okay. You send your four ball out. Yeah. So otherwise you have your four ball at the back. So it must have been in front of 20 people. Where, where was the golf course? Um, uh, Sitwell Park, um, which is towards kind of Whiston Wickersley. Oh, sort you of mentioned, area. yeah. And and is and is is that the same for both examples you've given me for both possible reasons? Yeah, yeah. Same same golf day. Obviously, aside from the fact one of them didn't happen, but yeah. Okay. It was the first time I wore these golf shoes, and the first time I wore those golf shoes was at that golf day in Sitwell Park. So tell... I also quite badly blistered my feet. I would hasten to add. So the bloke who who the other reason was that somebody won the golf day who all, yeah. who only had one leg. He only had one leg, yeah. Um, that must be quite difficult because you need your legs to sort of, especially when you're hitting something at quite a quite a, a pace and with quite a lot of strength. It must be must be difficult because it's part of your balance, isn't it? So yeah, um, well, we said to him we said to him at the start of the uh, start of the day, "What's your handicap?" And he said, "I've only, I've only got one leg." Uh, right. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, obviously, when you're playing golf, you refer to yourself as having a handicap, um, which I play off eighteen um, nowadays. And he said his handicap was that he'd only got one leg. Mm. So he obviously got an artificial leg. Did he? So did he? Did he one. have one of those pairs of trousers that uh, only had a hole in one of the legs? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that's poor, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, uh, obviously, he got he got an artificial leg. Yeah, on yeah. His other foot. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, on his. Okay. Um, hmm. Well, there's no reason why why somebody um, with, with one leg can't be really good at the game of golf. Because no, not. you know, you see, you see. I, I don't know whether. I mean, it, I don't know whether they have a set. You know, like they have uh, the the uh, Paralympics and so on. Do they have a separate thing for golf, or is it kind of? Isn't the one separate for golf? Is it all kind of together? Do they have a separate one? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I'm fairly sure that I know of someone who is a very good blind golfer. Yeah. Um, and obviously has to have someone telling him where to hit it, and he also kind of walks from the hole to his bo- to where his ball is when he's on the greens to make sure that. He can understand sort of the contours and kind of whether he's going uphill, downhill, and all, all that sort of stuff. Um, and obviously, someone has to kind of spot him and tell him where he should be hitting the ball and all that kind of mm. thing, and what pace he's hitting at. But it, it can obviously, it's very, it's a very inclusive game and can be well, we, played we, by people. Women and men in the in the in the professional game playing play together now, don't they as well? Um, not very often. I don't, uh, I don't. I don't think there are there aren't many mixed tournaments. I'm sure. Fact, I'm still, sure I've seen that, but there are still some golf clubs who don't accept female members. Uh, as a result of it, they've been banned from hosting certain international tournaments. Fair play, yeah. So they should. So, sounds reasonable to me. I mean, I, I see no reason why you wouldn't have female members at a golf club. No, or turn down members anyway. It's not not good for business anyway, is it? Like, but it's, yeah, it's all about being ridiculous. inclusive. Isn't it? Yeah. All right. Okay. So I think then I'm going to go with the second one because I want that one to be the answer. 
And I think you you know it doesn't matter if you've got one leg if you if you've been doing it for a long time and you've you've learned your to to play with your handicap then yeah I think that's 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 possible so let's go with that one. Well, what I quite like about that is the fact that you want it not to be the fact that I got embarrassed in front of loads <laughs> of other people. That's what that's what means more to me. Eva's than... a success for for this, I think. Yeah. Well, I can reveal that on the first occasion I wore these golf shoes, I lost to a man with one leg. Yay! Did he play for a particular golf club, or do you remember? Um, he, I don't know. I, I, it wasn't actually in my little playing group. Um, he did play in the same group as my dad. That uh, was a very, very nice uh, gentleman. I think he lived in the oh, middle so you, somewhere around. So your dad, your dad probably knew him from Schweppes. Uh, no, he's. Uh, he, it was the first time my dad had ever met him. It was just kind of one of the great things about when you go on these golf days is that you kind of end up playing with people who you don't necessarily know that well and. You, you may have met them for the first time, you get a chance to play golf with them for four hours, have a drink with them afterwards, and it's kind of all about being sociable, meeting new people and, and playing people for the first time. So I've, I don't think I've ever met him before or since. Um, but that was the occasion on that, uh, on that particular day. Thank you for sure. Enjoyed that. The Waste of Web Space podcast. The best, worst and only podcast in Chapel Town, we think. We've got Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and a website, but nobody visits any of them. Okay, so uh, I am going to um, do a little quiz now. So you remember last week um, I asked, you, I did some questions, didn't I, around freak incidents that celebrities have been involved in, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. And it, that that came off the back of something we did in the last ep- the episode before that. Um, so I thought that, and and I also mentioned last week that I could have done lots involving footballers because there's, there's a lot more that could warrant a full, not just one quiz, but I could have made two quizzes out of this football one. So I might return to the, to this at some stage as well. So you could see this as part one for now. Um, so I've got a, a quiz about football, weird, strange uh, and freak football injuries that have ruled footballers out of games and so on. Okay. You might remember one of the questions last week was about Richard Wright, who both fell through his loft ceiling mm-hmm. and he fell over a sign saying please do not play football don't here. Yeah, yeah. yeah, don't practice here. So um so I've got some questions for you. Uh, now there's ten altogether mm-hmm. and like if you remember last week, one of them, both of the both of the potential answers was correct, if you know what I mean. Yep. And I've got yeah. one of those in this group of ten as well. So what I'm okay. gonna do is let you let you have all of the questions and then when we've done them all, you can decide which of the 10 questions you think, if you can try and cash your mind back, which of yeah. the 10 had was the one that potentially both happened to that particular player? Is that all right? Okay. okay. Is, yep, no problem. Is, is the one where uh, one of the players only had one leg and yet was still a very good <laughs> footballer? Is that, that going to be one of the questions? No, unfortunately not. Anyway, so number one then is Rio Ferdinand. Okay, obviously he was always good at getting in the news, weren't he, for when he was uh, doing his football career. I, I did see something this week, actually. Um, about something that Gaza had said um, about something uh, Alex Ferguson had, had said something about him saying, you know, if he'd have come to play for us, Gaza wouldn't have had half of his problems. And Gaza's response was something, well, Rio Ferdinand did a runner from a drugs test. Wayne Rooney was uh, allegedly going with grannies. And uh, there was something else as well, wasn't there? But I can't remember what it was. But um, so so Gaza kind of had a funny response to to that anyway. 
Oh, and Ryan Giggs uh, went off with his, uh, <laughs> his, yeah. his brother's wife, which I thought was funny anyway. Um, so, but anyway, Rio Ferdinand, so while he was at Leeds United, though, he ended up injured when he did what? Did he A, was pulled over by his dog while walking and falling down a muddy banking and twisting his ankle, or B, was he sat with his foot up on a coffee table for a number of hours and ended up injuring a tendon? Um, walking his dog, I mean, do you think, Professional footballers are allowed to walk dogs. I suppose this was probably maybe 20, 20, 15, 20 years ago. Probably early 2000s, I'm guessing, when he was at Leeds United. I'm sure they were allowed to walk their dogs. Oh, well, I know they're allowed. Oh, right. But it's just, do they? I mean... Oh, do they walk well, their I own don't... dogs? Yeah. I'm sure they do. What I'm saying is, would they not have someone else walking it for them? Well, that's all. I've just seen Fernando Forestieri playing with his own child. So, well, on the be, field. It'd be a bit of a story if he was playing with someone else's child, obviously. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, that, obviously that that's parenting, isn't it? But yeah, I, I'm just wondering if a lot of celebrities... Bear in mind, Rio Ferdinand, um, when he was at Leeds United, Leeds were probably, at that time, Champions League semi-finalists and doing really well before it all went wrong for him. Not that that's amusing, obviously. Um, I I think he... Footballers have got that kind of reputation of being lazy, haven't they? So could he feasibly have been sat with his legs on a coffee, coffee table and injured himself? I think it's, it's surely an, an ultimate footballer's dream, that, isn't it? So I'm going to say he had his feet on the coffee table and injured a tendon. Well done, yeah. Injured a tendon from having his... I mean, we've, we've kind of all done that before. Have you ever had your foot up in a certain position for too long and then realised, I can't move it? I mean, not to the extreme of, of actually injuring it properly, but yeah, that's uh, something... I, I can imagine, uh, you know, whoever was manager at the time might not have been too happy about that. But mm. anyway, next then. Um, so, uh, we're going to have a bit of a run of goalkeepers now, by the way, because goalkeepers seem to be in this quite a lot. So, adding on to Richard Wright last week that we talked about, Goalkeepers seem to be up there in terms of how many injuries they seem, freak injuries as well, they seem to pick up. So, yeah. um, Dave Besant. Uh, oh, not him again. We've brought him up before, haven't we? Yes, we have. So, I'm, I'm hoping we haven't ha- asked this question before, but Dave Besant then, um, and, and we brought him up before because we said <laughs> we said that he, I think he either bought the house that my grand sold in London, so my grand moved up from London with my dad and, and my uncle and all that, Um back years ago, near Wembley Stadium they used to live, so Kingsbury, I think it was, and he bought their house off them. Um, so, yeah, so so it's, so. but Dave Besant, anyway, this is the story, which, which of these is the correct answer then, okay? Which one did he do? So, he ruled himself out for eight weeks when he did what? He, A, got a groin strain, um, straight from getting out of a taxi to attend a dinner where he was guest speaker, or B, he dropped a bottle of salad cream on his toe, severing a tendon in his big toe. Um, ooh. Oh, I, I, I don't know if we had this question before um, around this. I don't know if we, we found this out when we were talking about Dave Besant. And I, I, do you think he'd be a guest speaker at an event anyway? I don't know. I think it, I think it's the bottle of salad cream that rings a bell from somewhere and he, he smashed that on his foot. Well done. Yeah, I did wonder whether we'd had that one before because it seemed to ring a bell, but I didn't want to leave it out. Um, next then... Uh, Goalkeeper, another goalkeeper, David James, obviously known as Calamity James, so bound to have yes. a, a, a couple of incident, incidents here. Uh, goalkeeper David James was ruled out with injury when A, he pulled a muscle in his back, reaching for his remote control at home. Maybe he was sat with Rio at the time. Or B, a keen angler, uh, he tweaked his shoulder trying to land a big carp. Um, it, was definitely, it was definitely trying to land a big carp, was it? <laughs> um, I think that, yeah, whilst I'm drinking my fusty ferret... Um, I think, oh, what would he, 
just a little known fact, actually, by the way, if you're getting involved in some of these Zoom quizzes, if the question gets asked, which Premier League goalkeeper is the most capped in the Premier League, the answer is David James. Is it? You know, it is, yeah. Oh, capped for England, you mean? No, well, the most Premier League appearance. I thought it was Mark Schwarzer. Well, I think he's Mark Schwarzer. Uh, you're going to have to check this out. Do your research. It's Mark Schwarzer. <laughs> I'm saying David James. I'm right, saying well, Mark Schwarzer. Who, who do you think it is for outfield players? And we're going to have to check this. At the end of the quiz, we're going to check. Uh, I think you get for it wrong, outfield players, Gareth Barry and goalkeepers, David James. <laughs> What's your answer for outfield players? Um, I, I don't know for outfield, to be honest, but I would say um, Ryan Giggs. But but yeah. if I was going to go for a different one to you, it'd have to be Ryan Giggs. But I, I'd, I'd, I'd take your word for it that it could be Gareth Barry, but I'm sure it's Mark Swartz for a goalkeeper. Yeah. Right, well, we'll see, we'll see if we can find out sort of during a, during if... a break in the podcast. Not that we actually have any, but... Uh, but anyway, the question... What was the, sorry, what was the question again? We've drifted off that much. That, yeah. so, it, it was either picking up a remote or it was fishing and yeah. tweaked his shoulder to try and land a, yeah. a massive carp, as you said. Um, I think that... I think he might have injured his shoulder to try and get the remote control. Congratulations, well done. Next then, Alex Stepney, who I have actually seen once before. I've seen him at a, um, a dinner, an after-dinner speaker sort of thing. So Alex Stepney, if you weren't aware, he's a former Manchester United goalkeeper. In 1975, what did he do? A, dislocated his jaw while shouting at his defenders during a match, or B, slipped in, a petrol, uh, in petrol at a service station while on his way to a game, uh, pulling a muscle in the process? Um, well, both fairly feasible. Um, I suppose, obviously, you watched him at an afternoon speech, which obviously went badly because he injured himself getting out of the taxi when he was going to do the speech. Is that right? Um, <laughs> I, I, th- I think that... Can you shout that loud that you can dislocate your jaw? See, I, I didn't know this. I mean, I've shouted loud in the past, but I've never dislocated my jaw from it. Um, goalkeepers can shout very loudly. I don't think there would be any other football players who would kind of be in that situation, but I think a goalkeeper could. So I think he dislocated his jaw shouting so loud. Well, You're doing very well this week, considering your poor performance last week. Next oh, then. I mean, I was appalling last week, <laughs> weren't I? Steve Morrow, former Northern Ireland defender, did what while at Arsenal? So, A, he broke his collarbone, falling off the shoulders of Tony Adams while celebrating after beating Sheffield Wednesday in the League Cup final 1993. See why I had to put this one in. Although, yeah. did I have to when we lost? I don't know. Anyway, B, was ruled out of a game after he and his wife got into an altercation with each other, resulting in being kicked in the testicles. Um... Now, obviously, you've put that one in just to try and get a, a cheap laugh, potentially, but who knows? Obviously, you could, if you were to beat Sheffield Wednesday Cup final, you would be celebrating that fact, because not only have you won a Cup final, but you've beaten, obviously, the greatest team in the country, which is which is good. <laughs> um, so, congratulations to Arsenal on that very lucky victory. Um, so, the fourth Tony Adams shoulders, or did he get kicked in the testicles by his wife? Um, what was his name? Sam Morrow? It's uh, Steve Morrow, I Steve, think. Steve Morrow. Okay. Steve Morrow. Uh, yeah. Tom's brother. Um, <laughs> I think that... I think he might have been kicked in the testicles by his wife. You're incorrect, so your first one wrong. No, he actually did fall off the shoulders of Tony Adams. He got it on camera as well. So he was—he actually scored in that game. So, and I think it was—he he rarely he was one of those defenders that rarely got forward. So for him to score and be part of the, you know, the, the sort of the scorers uh, who obviously helped to beat Sheffield Wednesday that day, um, yeah, Tony Adams picked him up and dropped him. 
and uh, he couldn't even go up to collect the trophy and, and do all that kind of thing. Tony Adams did. <laughs> Tony Adams still went up and went to get trophy and celebrated. Uh, and then he was in, in the papers a few days after with it, uh, Tony Adams going to visit him in hospital uh, when he was having his shoulder pinned back together or whatever. Uh, so there you go. Uh, next then, Sveen uh, Grodelin, Norway defender, international defender, had to withdraw from an international when, A, he locked himself in his car on his drive um, as he was about to leave for the airport. A faulty lock was blamed. Or B, he collided with a moose while out jogging. <laughs> <laughs> um, is, I, think it's, I think it's quite unlikely that you'd get yourself locked in the car. Surely you'd be able to get out. I mean, it, it, not that hard, is but it? But the reason was that he, bl- he blamed a faulty lock, so they the, the already had issues with locks. And bear in mind that it was potentially quite a while ago before auto locking and stuff like that. If you had a if you had a sticky lock, you were you were stuck. And if there well, was nobody else to you to access the door from the outside, well, obviously, I mean, it's called a sticky lock because yeah, you would be stuck, wouldn't you? That's the whole point of it. I think that. Okay. Did you get moose in Norway? Well, obviously, it's not to say it definitely happened in Norway. Well, if it I, was a Brazilian, I probably wouldn't have chosen a moose. Yeah. I mean, they might I have some type of moose. Um, yeah. I, I, I think he might have got himself stuck in his car by accident. Wrong. So, yeah, he did get into an altercation with a moose and uh, then was ruled out of an international game. Uh, next, then, David Batte. After recovering from an Achilles injury, he managed to re-injure himself when what happened? A, he was ran over by his toddler on a tricycle. Or B, he lost at pool to fellow Leeds player Gary McAllister and angrily stamped his foot on the ground, causing a reoccurrence of the injury. <laughs> Nobody uh, wants to lose at, at pool, though, do they? Yeah, so the sports people take it serious, though, don't yeah. Whatever, why? Uh, is that, how, I, you, is that I, how you reacted when you lost to the uh, man with one leg at golf? I was fairly fairly relaxed about it. They're the best person won on the day. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, <laughs> well, well done to him. Uh, I, I don't know what he won. I think he probably just won some golf balls and a few quid, maybe. Uh, good days out, by the way, when we got on the golf days, what I seem to say. Uh, but I I, seem, I, rem- I remember hearing about David Batty injuring himself again in some freak accident, but I can't remember what it was. Uh, I think that he got run over by his toddler. Well done. There's a couple of incidents, actually. So, um, Kevin Kyle, I'll, I'll use this one here. There's, there's plenty of other ones I can use in future. But Kevin Kyle, uh, who played for Sunderland, who was a striker, once uh, had a jug of boiling hot water poured over his crotch by his toddler, or knocked over him by his toddler. What? Why was his toddler carrying uh, exact, some boiling hot water? Exactly Terrible parenting. Thought, but yeah. Um, so there's a few ones like that. Anyway, next, Alan Mullery, the England star, was ruled out of England's 1964 tour of South America after doing what? A, injuring his back while brushing his teeth, or B, falling into a rose bush at a family wedding while posing for photographs. How would you injure your back brushing your teeth? I mean, how aggressively? (laughs) I mean, does he only brush like once a week and he has to sort of do a very, very abrasive brush? Um, If that's the case, he probably gets slightly harder bristles on his brush instead. Uh, so it was that, or falling. I think falling into a bush is fairly understandable at a wedding. I mean, most people have had quite a bit to drink, so I'm guessing there was probably no exception. I don't know what weddings were like in the 1960s, in terms of professional photographers and all that sort of stuff. So, but I think I think he could have fallen into a bush, a family wedding. No, 
He did manage to uh, injure himself while brushing his teeth, so he, he injured his back somehow while, while doing that. There you go. Very strange. I know. Very, very strange indeed. Uh, but anyway, uh, next one then. Um, Darius Vassell. While at Aston Villa, he missed several games due to what? A, getting his arm stuck in a baby gate. He ended up dislocating his shoulder, causing muscular injuries in the process of trying to free himself. Um, or B, drilling into his toe with a home power drill. Uh, well, obviously, if he did get stuck in the baby gate, he should have coated himself in <laughs> a, a liquidy, a sort of <laughs> abrasive well, substance that would helpfully lubricate him and he could have called himself <laughs> Darius Vaseline. <laughs> yeah, very good. Uh, I wonder whether you put that in there intentionally just to try and get me to make that, that joke. Is, that is not the reason, no, actually. I'd never thought um, of that when I was uh, doing the research. So I I don't know if I vaguely remember hearing about him being involved in some bizarre injury involving a drill. <laughs> now, I don't know what... Sorry, what was the exit? He drilled into his toe, did you say? Yep. Which makes very little sense, but then at the same time, it probably wouldn't be a good question if it didn't make very little sense and I, I do recall him having some kind of drill related incident so I think he might have for some unknown reason drilled into his toe yeah and it's and the weird thing is it's not even like he did it by accident so he wasn't just you know doing a bit of DIY and, and then just accidentally drilled too far and through his toe he had a painful toe I don't know whether it was like some sort of ingrowing toenail or something like that and somehow he thought that, that drilling into his toe would remove some of the tension in his toe so he did that and made it obviously a lot worse and then it got infected and yeah, there you go. Well, to be fair, his problem was no longer the ingrown toenail, was it? No. It was just the fact he drilled a hole in his toe that was his problem. So I think it did wow. work. And then this is your last one. So, number 10. While playing for the Thorncliffe Colts during the glory years, dynamic <laughs> midfielder Jimbo Wilmshurst was ruled out of a top-of-the-table clash with Winkerbank after what? And, uh, by the way, this is why I have my Thorncliffe Colts badge on, which I found not too long ago. Um, yep. founded in 1999. Uh, but what did I do that ruled me out of a top-of-the-table clash with Winkerbank? A, I pulled a muscle in my neck while tying my bootlaces in training the day before. <laughs> it's weird because I've wrote this at, like as in the third person, so I'm having to change yeah. it because I'm talking about myself. It's a bit weird. Or B, falling down the banking at Thorncliffe playing fields in a training exercise resulting in bruised ribs. Right. So the training, I mean, obviously I can ask questions in this, uh, yep. this example. Uh, so this fellow who was only got one leg who was playing golf, what happened? Oh, sorry, I got wrong, wrong time. Um, the training exercise was this some kind of army boot camp style training thing that you're doing, running up and down hills, and it, it's something sort of we stuff. it's something we did every week. So there's at Thorncliffe playing fields, and you'll probably been aware of it because you might have played cricket there before. Yeah. Um, but it's got a raised banking near the pavilion, and yep. uh, one of the training routines was to run up and down that, and then like tig in the next person, and they had to run up and. And yeah. that was one of our training. It really worked the calves and obviously your hamstrings and stuff. So yeah, obviously yeah. But it was also out. it also wasn't the greatest surface to run up. It was safety. it was yeah. very yeah. I mean it was very very bumpy and had like holes in it and yeah it wasn't it wasn't you know a smooth hill. Let's say that. Okay. Uh, and obviously the other one you're tying your shoelaces and into your neck, did you say? Yeah. Um, obviously very common injury. Pulled the muscle. Uh, right or left shoe? Or can you not remember? I can't remember that detail. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, not like, I, I think, I mean, it, it wasn't a very good player, Jimbo Wilmshurst, but, um, <laughs> and it was, very, it was very bad from not having the substitute playing from that week, but it was, I think you might have injured your, you might have injured yourself tying your shoelaces. 
Do you remember that story, or is it just a guess? I vaguely remember <laughs> something about shoelace-related injury yeah. in your neck at some point. So that so although I've been doing these freak football injuries, and you know, like the one about you know David James re- reaching for his remote, or you know Alan Muller brushing his teeth and pulling a muscle, I know it's so easy to do. Like all I was doing yeah. was tying my shoelaces, and I think I just somebody shouted at me. I turned one way too sharply, and you know I pulled a muscle in my neck, and and that was it. And I I couldn't, I just couldn't move properly and yeah it was horrible um well, but you, had you warmed up properly well i don't i don't get my boots on weren't i so i went quite at well, warm no, stage did you not did you not, did you not put some slip-ons on first <laughs> just to try and get into it and yeah. get in the action and then take those off and then put your things in the after tie up maybe there is some truth to the second one actually so um we did do that exercise of running up and down the banking but the manager uh, who was called Richard Bun- Bunyan, who was sadly no longer with us, but he was a he was a great manager and just a great guy anyway. Um, in terms of what he did for for the lads who played in that team, and you know, and it it was just a a great time to to be you know young and playing football together and all those kind of things. But Richard Bunyan was the one who brought us all together for that. Um, he was a very lively character, um, but he was you know everybody loved him. He was brilliant. Um, but Richard Bunyan did actually he was trying to show everyone out. No, no, don't do it like that, lads. And he, he were a bit cockney. I don't know if you can. I don't know if you can do that impression. Do you remember Richard Bunyan? Can you do an impression of him? Hey, Richard Bunyan? Oh, yeah, it's good, then, Richard Bunyan. Yeah, a bit like that, yeah. But he was shouting at us, oh, you don't do it like that, you do it like this, lads. And he ran up the hill as quick as he could, and then he started running back down, and he tumbled, <laughs> and, he, and I think he actually broke a rib, but it's something that <laughs> when we have a bit of a chat with the lads who played for Thorncliffe Colts at the time, we always talk about that incident, because obviously yeah. quite a painful injury for him to have got, but it was just funny in the circumstances that he did it. So it's a, a nice a, a nice, funny and uh, unusual memory about Richard Bunyan. But yeah, there you yeah. go. So there, that was a bit of a quiz about football uh, injuries. Did you like that? It was very good. And obviously, you know what Richard Bunyan's lasting oh. uh, impression is? Um, is that he was a person who started calling you Jimbo, wasn't he? He was. That's it. Richard Bunyan gave my name. How could I forget that? Richard, there was too many James in the football team. So yeah. Richard Bunyan, I said, what do you want to be called? And I went, uh, Jumbo, Jimmy, mm. Willie, because my second name's Wilmshurst. Yeah. And he went, uh, <laughs> let's call you Jimbo. And it just stuck yeah. from there on. So, yeah, I've got I owe Richard Bunyan my name as well. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, you, f- you forgot that. You forgot to ask the question about which one <laughs> happened to both. Both of them were true, haven't you? Yeah. So can you do you want to pick one of those out? Can you remember? Obviously, the ones that you got wrong, you might as well rule those ones out. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, Jim, I'm not thick. Um, <laughs> I, it's in spite of the, the evidence of the past 62 episodes. Um, I think that I think David James might have injured himself fishing as well as um, looking for the TV remote. Well done, Fisher. Bonus points for you there. Congratulations. So, you've got your old CDs and DVDs off your hands. Sold them at a car boot sale or on Music Magpie. But what about those that are left? Don't be embarrassed. You know what we mean. Forest Rump, Titanic, Shawshag Redemption, Shaving Ryan's Privates, Pulp Friction. Well... Contact Porn Pigeon and we will pay you money to take them off your dirty hands, no matter what the condition. New, collector's condition, used, stuck together or second hands. We understand you want them to go to a good home. You don't want to see Chitty Chitty Gang Bang in the bottom of your wheelie bin. No need for embarrassment, just send them to us. Once we've received them, our team of professionals will go through them each to quality check them. Make sure they're all in hand. If so, we'll send you your dirty money the same day. Please note we do not accept free willy one, two, three, or four, snatch, or fun with Dick and Jane. 
Okay, so time to look at the news. Yeah, before we go on to news, obviously that last piece uh, mentions various films and it mentioned Fun with Dick and Jane. Yeah. Did you come to watch Fun with Dick and Jane with me? <laughs> Years ago. I do remember going to see Fun with Dick and Jane with somebody, but I can't remember it being you. But was that was that you then, possibly? I think so, yeah. I think I organised us to go to the cinemas like on a Tuesday night. This, this was, well, it was when Fun with Dick and Jane. So I think it must have been... Uh, probably about 2005, something like that. Mm. So we may be able to find out when the remake of that was made. And we want to go and watch A Cock and Bull Story with Rob Brydon uh, and Steve Coogan. Yeah. And I checked the previous week's film listings, found <laughs> out it was meant to be on a... This is days, obviously, before the internet, all that sort of stuff, where you had all this information at your fingertips. I looked in the newspaper, got completely confused as to when the listings were, and turned up to watch the wrong films. We ended up watching Fun with Dick and Jane instead. <laughs> Interesting that, that both films uh, basically contained a slang word for a penis. Is <laughs> slightly slightly strange, but there we go. Anyway, uh, the news then, Fisher. The news. What's been happening? Well, we've had a bit of a mixed message, haven't we, from uh, from the government? But we'll we'll, we'll move on from that, I suppose, because we're trying to get back to normal. Um, you can play golf, for example. You can yep. play tennis. Uh, they're thinking about being back playing football. If you've seen that, yeah. Uh, I had seen that uh, the manager of Watford, who is Nigel Pearson is Watford manager. Um, you might have to jump in and help me out here because yeah, I'm trying to talk about Former football. Sheffield Wednesday manager. Former Sheffield Wednesday manager, Nigel Pearson, yes. Uh, um, we're not manager, sorry. Former Sheffield Wednesday player, but he also managed Leicester um, and various other teams, hasn't he, Nigel Pearson? Yeah, well, it was... I suppose it's an amazing Kickstarter for uh, Leicester City's success, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah. Claudio Ranieri came in because basically Nigel Pearson gets sacked after his son was involved in a sex video in ah, Thailand or something like yeah. that. And it was of great offence to the owner. So, funnily enough, Nigel Pearson just disappeared and Claudio Ranieri came in. Um, but there we go. But yeah, Nigel Pearson was talking about the potential restart of Premier League football. He said the death toll in the UK is anything between 33,000 and 38,000. That's filling our stadium and then filling it half again. It's a very sobering thought. Um, although, the other way of looking at it is maybe Watford should just get a slightly bigger stadium <laughs> and then wouldn't quite seem as bad in terms of statistics. If, if you're a Man United fan, you'd be thinking it's only filling two-thirds of our stadium, so it's not really that big a thing, is it? Well, this is a good point maybe to mention the Bundesliga, isn't it? Because the Bundesliga is back. And uh, uh, yes. they, they are the, the, the first proper country, really, to or the, the first big sort of um, recognised football leagues to start going again aren't they basically but they've been hey, Jim, playing I, I would i would never refer to G uh, germany as a proper country but, <laughs> but you know what i mean like they are yeah. they, they and they've got uh, so the the but they're all behind closed doors aren't they um but they've been doing it we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago because taiwan had done this uh, for some of their sports not football but for some of their sports having cardboard cut out fans as yes, replacements yeah. i don't know if they kind of got cardboard cut outs of actual fans so they could feel like they were part of it in some way, which is kind of a nice idea, but I'm not sure, Fisher. What do you think about having cardboard cutout fans? Well, most of our listeners are cardboard cutouts, think, aren't they? And uh, yeah. we make fake reviews upon their behalf. But well, do, do, you want to, do, not... do you want to ask a couple of them about that? I mean, what, uh, yeah. what, what do you think? Do you think we need to ask our, <laughs> our, our listeners about. Hello, we've got a couple of listeners here. Um, yeah. <laughs> what do you think about cardboard cutout fans? Uh, they've got, oh, the, they've well... got the dog as well. <laughs> <laughs> how, long, how long have you listened to the Waste of Web Space podcast? By the way, I can't be able to notice that dog is almost as big as the lady there, so that's a very big dog. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure why either that, uh, you know, we've got a child who listens in as well. But does it help yeah. you get to sleep, does it? Yeah, it helps him nap. So there we go. Very good. 
Uh, I, I had heard you could actually you could buy your own cardboard cut out and put it in the stadium, couldn't you? Yeah, about twenty quid. Yeah, should we have our own and, and put the wa- wear wa- waste of web space t-shirts? We just uh, have to convert all those podcasts to German then, though. Yeah, yeah, it's probably not the be- not the most strategic marketing ploy ever. But it's something to think about, certainly. Twenty quid, we could we could maybe do it. Yeah, we get to watch decent quality football, even though we're not actually there. Yeah, um, I've been intrigued to try and find out how many people have done it. Uh, but obviously, that that's been one story. Um, uh, what else has been going on? Well, you see Jeremy Corbyn's brother yeah. um, was arrested. Mm. What do you have to think about that? Well, he, he was one of the mass pro- the people who were doing the, the protests, weren't there, about about lockdown and, and, and... 5G. Oh, was it about 5G in particular as well? Uh, well, no, no. It, well, it was a protest against lockdown, but also that some of the conspiracy theory is that lockdown is just a way to control people so they can roll out 5G. Right. Hmm. And what Which was that? Was that any? Was that any of the reason why why Corbyn's brother was arrested, or was that just more about being told what to do and all that kind of thing? Think a bit about. I think he was doing. A, he was speaking about five G and the dangers of it. I was. I was quite interested that um, a lot of the, the police who arrested him didn't seem to be wearing any form of riot gear or PPE or anything like that. Mm. They just. It was just normal police officers who there were quite a few around him went in and took him away. But there was some I mean, people at the protest wearing masks still, weren't there? Yes, yeah, of course there were, because they can't really give a coherent <laughs> message as to what was, uh, what was happening. I, so, don't, I don't think I can get hold of it, but there was a very amusing sign where one person had wrote, written his sign, and then he went down onto the next line at the end of it, and it made a, a real mess. Yeah. It's the kind of thing where he did to do it twice. I'll see if we can dig it out for next episode. No, I remember that, yeah, I remember the sign. It was it was a bit of a mess, weren't it? So do you think, like, there is any, you know, like, you know... I, I don't. I don't believe that the whole uh, COVID nineteen thing is is caused by five G or it's any sort of distraction for putting it up. But there there is some some potential argument that five G could be a danger in some way, isn't there? Uh, yeah, I mean it's only been discredited by pretty much every scientist in the world. So, um, but nonetheless, Eamon Holmes thinks it might still happen. In oh some... right, okay. I didn't. I didn't know that myself. So, so every scientist has said, "Oh no, it's it's absolutely fine. There are no health risks." Uh, Pretty, well, I'm not sure they've quite said it that directly, but I think they've said there are no known dangers between 5G and kind of causing a virus. Mm, okay. uh, I, I suppose the same with everything else. You need to test things before you bring it out and sort of put it out to the public. But I, I don't see any reason why there would be that would be more dangerous than 4G. Mm. Whether it just be that the illness or whatever it would, would get there faster than if it was with 4G, I don't know. Yeah. Surely, surely if you're struggling, no concern, then you just go and live next to the side of a hill and then you'll be fine, <laughs> won't you? That's the way it normally works. Um, so a couple of things. It should have been Eurovision. This week, at the weekend, yeah. just gone, just passed. Um, so it got cancelled, but I was kind of thinking, like, well, couldn't what Eurovision be one thing that they could have actually done? You know, like, you know, they, they argue that, you know, the, the quality of the music could be affected um, by having to do it over <laughs> online. Now, is that going to really change much? <laughs> I thought so. I mean... And then... And then two, they 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 go around the other countries anyway to sort of, and they they have that slight delay anyway, don't they? Which is all part of Eurovision, and you know when yeah. they're giving the scores out and so on. So um, it, it seems to be one of those things that they could have just got carried on with. You know, I know there wouldn't have been no fans there, but you know they could have just maybe have some cardboard cut out fans or something like that. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, borrowed from the Bundesliga. I I, I miss Terry Wogan doing his uh, doing his commentary. On. So once again, Croatia. Voting for Serbia. Who'd have thought? Um, <laughs> is yeah, that that was a real a real classic when they, uh, Terry Wogan used to do. They could have just streamed their music videos to everybody instead because they all make music videos for all their songs. So they could have done that, yeah. and then countries could have via via the, the live webcams or you know whatever they've got set up the web streaming. They could have just give the points that way. 
I think you might be a bit annoyed, to be fair, if you've had the chance to represent your country in Eurovision, to be on a stage in front of uh, thousands of people, and you just end up sat in your underpants at home watching it via on the TV and your YouTube video. But are, the, are the same people going to be doing it next year, though, is what we're saying. Do you know what I mean? Um, I Well, I'm actually that sad that I watched the programme on Saturday night, and I, I, I've got a, quite a firm understanding of the rules uh, in terms of Eurovision. And actually, this might make quite a decent quiz one day, but some things to note about Eurovision is that Anyone next year cannot sing the same song that they were due to sing this year. Now, some countries have already said that the person who was due to represent them this year will represent them next year, but they will have to sing something different. Right, okay. Also, you can only have six people on stage during your Eurovision performance. Um, So you can't have anything, but you can't have like a a choir singing or anything like that. You can have a choir for six people, but nothing else other than just six people on stage at any one time. And apparently, do you remember Gina G? Yeah. Just a little Ooh, oh, bit. Oh, just a little bit. Just, I just remember a little, little bit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, go on, go on, play, play the symbol. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, it's, it's interesting you made that noise, actually, because when Gina G was performing, any musical instrument that kind of provided the final output on the song had to be on the stage as well. Ooh, ah, just so. a little bit. Ooh, ah, a little bit more. Yeah, that's the one, Jimbo. Thank, thank you. Um, for any, anyone who listens ginger? to the podcast, Jimbo put she your wig ginger, on. She's ginger, she? Was she not? Was that, sorry? Was she ginger? Uh, I don't know. I think she got sort of blonde or, uh, sorry, brown or auburn hair, but I'm not, I I'm always not too get, sure. I always get mixed up with Gina G and Wig, Wigfield. Ah, right, okay. Well, Eurovision is normally on Saturday night, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, true. There you go. Um, but because they need to have any instruments that are part of the song on the stage, uh, there were some parts of her song that had kind of were sort of computerised and been made effectively by a computer. So when she was singing on the stage, there were a couple of computers that were on the stage. <laughs> Instead of instruments. All right. Well. So. No. If that, if that if that helped to get around the rules, then is that what is that what you're saying? It's sort yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. Just, just to comply with the rules, because there's some computerized ver- uh, parts in the song, they had to bring a computer on the stage and put it there. <laughs> I, I, nev- that I never, I never realised that just a little bit was a Eurovision entry either. I mean, it sounds like one now. I think about it, but I never realised yeah. that that it was. I never realised it was. So yeah, mm. there you go. Um. So do you want to talk about onto something else then? Um, I don't know what else has happened. Should talk about the man from Nottinghamshire who was going to be arrested by police. <laughs> um, now, now you know, I, I discussed this with you earlier on today, didn't Jimbo? Uh, they were trying to arrest a man in Nottinghamshire. They couldn't quite find where he was. And then they heard him fart. <laughs> and that gave away his location. And the police swept in, said, oh, hang on. It's bad when your but bowels get you it. arrested, isn't it? Yeah, and... I don't think he was arrested for farting. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't that bad a smell. <laughs> but whatever it was that he'd done, put him in handcuffs and took him away. So that's my highlight of the week's news. <laughs> that, and also that in America there is a strip club that is operating a drive-through service. Yeah. Um. So I'm not quite sure. Pe- probably not very sexy, is it? Sort of seeing a stripper wearing PPE. But yeah. Nonetheless, they are uh, they are offering that kind of service. But if you, if they're serving you takeaway food, then that mm. sounds very good. Yeah. Is it that kind um, of drive-through? Well, I don't know. Well, it's a strippers club, so <laughs> it's, it's a slight thing. You well, did hear the bit of the start where I said it was a strip club that's doing PP, that's doing I just, drive-thru. I service. heard drive-thru, so I thought, you know, right. maybe there's food involved. I don't know. But anyway. Right. Um, no, no, so yeah, it's, it's a strip club that is doing some kind of drive-thru service. Just want to finish about something in Sheffield. So a, a funeral director's in Sheffield has been struck off um, for, well, by, by the, the actual, like the accredited, recognised professional body of Funeral directors, is that right? So, um, Michael Fogg, they are called, 
Sheffield funeral directors. Yeah, it, it was announced um, early this week. Apparently, it happened a bit bit longer ago though, and they've been struck off. Apparently, haven't they? Uh, I think so. But um, given that we might be live, then I'll let you talk about it. Well, no, I'm just <laughs> no, I'm just saying it, it was it was sort of there was a statement put out by the uh, the sort of funeral directors association or, or whatever they're called, and they sort of pointed fingers towards their use of social media and how they've been sort of using social media and some of the comments that they've made and things like that. Um, and I, I went to have a look because, you know, my granddad is a a former undertaker and he's always had pretty good words about Michael Fogg and the the services that they offer because I think they offer a good reasonable price and all those kind of things. Uh, by the way, I'm not trying to flog any funerals here, by the way. Um, but, yeah, he's always had good comments about them. So when I saw this story, I was quite surprised. But apparently it's over their use of social media. And as I looked at one of their pages or of of the particular person in my, in, in question, the, the, the director themselves, funeral director himself, they had posted something um, which was a picture of a Grim Reaper and it was over the top of lots of people in a park, not social distancing, saying um, it's up to you, sort of thing. Which you know, I think it's it, you know, for, I, I think I think it's not necessarily a bad message to get across at the time that people should have been following those mes- messages and stuff. And I don't know whether that um, if people have just kind of got on the some people have got on the back a bit because they use social media in a more because they're a funeral directors. It's not something really social media uh, that funeral directors take part in, is it? social media engagement, I suppose, generally. Well, not normally, but it's a terrible bit of advertising from anyway, because surely he wants to be telling people to, to get outside and, <laughs> uh, and mingle and try and pick up. I think we had, we had the conversation last week we did, about yeah. the funeral directors that said, thank you very much, NHS. Uh, that kind of felt a bit wrong. But so. then looking into it, there are various other things as well that have allegedly been going on, but those are the kind of things we don't want to discuss because that wasn't part of any any official statement from any uh, any of the funeral organisation associations or whatever it were. Um, but that... should, we, should we not just lead into the story they actually want to talk about? Yeah, The Undertaker. Which, which is... Undertaker, there we go. The Undertaker. What a long way to get around it. Yeah, The Undertaker. He signed a 15-year deal with WWE at the age of 55 years old. So He'll be 70 years old when that finishes. Yeah. He's 70 years old and still professionally wrestling. Well, I mean, he's younger. Than, he's only slightly younger than my dad, but I can't, remember, I can't imagine my dad doing any professional wrestling. Um, uh, he's been well, around for what, years, hasn't he? What's he doing he? now? What's my dad doing? Oh, yeah. he's an Undertaker. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> uh, no, he's, uh, he's, work, he's working at Halfords. Still going strong. But anyway, yeah. So, did you watch? Did you used to watch WWE back in the day? Yeah, not really. Only bits and bobs. But I wasn't wasn't a massive fan. It was brother. Was he brother? Was brother brothers with Kane? Yeah. Uh, well, in the in the in the story, he was. It's obviously yeah. not real. But uh, yeah. But yeah, the Undertaker. He's uh, he's yes. He's he's going to be still wrestling at seventy, unless that means he's just going to be like in the background doing like management stuff like they sometimes do. Who knows? I think he's retired about fifteen times. So anyway. Anyway. So. Is he impl- it's a joke you're trying to get to that if he's not careful, he might need an Undertaker. Is that what you're sort of trying to say? They're just 70 that, years old. That's, that's what I was trying to, to work towards, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so shall we move on to your little feature? Uh, yeah, which is probably actually not a million miles away from WWE wrestling to some degree. I'm ready for it, Fish. Okay. Now, as you may be aware, I'm doing a bit of work. Uh, well, sorry, as, as you may be aware, well, you will be aware of it because it happens to you. But um, you weren't. You were contacted by someone from the Gladiators. Yes. Oh, I was tweeted. I was. Uh, yeah. 
tweeted um, by one of the former gladiators. We mentioned it a few weeks back, didn't we? Yeah, and I don't know if I said at the time, it might make quite an interesting quiz to find out um, what some of the gladiators have been up to. Now, which gladiator was it who contacted you? It was Vogue. Vogue. So just a bit um, of background on this. Uh, I filmed a video of my daughter doing an assault course in the garden to the gladiators theme tune, and I put it online, sent it to my daughter's little football club that she's in, and they shared it, and uh, I think, yeah, Vogue eventually somehow picked up on it and shared yeah. it as well, and or, or, or made a comment on it. So, yeah, there you go. Um, well done. Uh, as I say, I've, I've got some questions about gladiators. It's kind of what they're up to now, what did they do during the fame, what did they do before they were famous. Um, so, uh, qu- question one. Um, which gladiator uh, is originally from Essex, previously worked as a personal trainer, and now runs their own gym. Is it none of them or bloody all of them, which made this quiz almost <laughs> impossible to compile? Um, obviously, no, that, that, that's not a question, uh, obviously, but it was amazing the amount of them that said, yeah. now run their own gym. Or <laughs> people who works as a personal trainer. So Vulcan, who was played by John Seru, what happened with him? Did he buy a house in London next door to a young Daniel Craig? and was once involved in dispute regarding a tree overhanging from his garden into Daniel Craig's garden? Or is it that he played a villain's henchman in the Piers Brosnan James Bond film The World Is Not Enough? Well, they could have sorted it out over over a duel, couldn't they? If they'd got some of the old gladiator gear, they could have both stood on like some plant pots in the back garden, Daniel Craig and, and Vulcan, and had one of those battles. Yeah. Uh, got John oh, Anderson around to referee. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> What's the matter? I've got, a joke, I've got a joke we should have done next week sorted. Oh, there I we forgot- go. Yeah, no, I was going to, sorry, I was going to start off this by saying, Fisher, you will go on my first whistle. <laughs> Jimbo, you will go on my second whistle. And then blow the whistle to, yeah, I'm oh, sorry, I forgot. Oh, man. Uh, I, I was, the, the joy I had at sort of thinking that up earlier on today. I'm going to let me whistle downstairs. So you've gone for two James Bond related ones. I reckon yes. that I don't think, young Daniel, yeah, true, young Daniel Craig, you could have had obviously a, a far smaller house because I don't think a gladiator back then would have been paid exactly what the high wages that um, actors and so on are paid these days um, that said it was a huge TV show at the time wasn't it it was yeah. you know so um, that, like, I want to go with the, I'm going to go with the one that he uh, was starred in it in the Piers Brosnan Bond film uh, yep yeah, he did he played a villain's henchman <laughs> so uh, Jet from Gladiators, Diane Udale, or Udale, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce her name. Uh, probably one of the better-known Gladiators, Jet from Gladiators. Alan Partridge is quite a fan of Jet I, from Gladiators, isn't he? I was going to say exactly the same thing. Jet from Gladiators to present a Millennium Barn dance at the <laughs> Yeovil Aerodrome or wherever it was. Uh, which well-known film actor did a young uh, did uh, did Jet upset? Was it a 10-year-old Robert Pattinson when she failed to turn up for a dog beauty show that he was competing in? Or was it a nine-year-old Daniel Radcliffe when she didn't have the time to sign an autograph for him when he saw her in a supermarket? Hmm. Well, let's be honest. I think everyone was a fan of Jet Jet from Gladiators in the days, weren't they? Yeah. Oh, you know, it was between Jet and Lightning, weren't it? Hmm. Uh, So, I mean, Robert Pattinson, is is he English? I think he's American, isn't he? Is he not? Uh, I think he's English, isn't he? Is he? He's in the... I think he's in the Harry Potter films, isn't he? Doesn't he play um, the oh, fellow Oh, yeah, you're right. Football? You're right, actually. You are correct, yeah. So, would... Go on, play, play the noise, then play the noise, because I got it right. <laughs> oh, sorry, what? no, it's, it's not me being tested, is it? Um, oh, this is tough. Um, I'm going to go 
Let's go Robert Pattinson then, because I was immediately drawn to the other one, the the uh, Daniel Radcliffe one. But I think, I've, yeah, I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson, and you will be correct. Well done. I'm going for full marks today. Cool. Let's see how you can do. Have either has ever yeah. got full marks? Don't think we have, have we? Nah, I wouldn't have thought so. We do well if we get more than half marks. Um, even though by law of averages, that's what we should get every time at least. <laughs> so Wayne Furman, who played Ace in Gladiators, what did he do in the late 90s? Was he engaged to Katie Price, or Jordan, as she was known at the time? Or was he imprisoned in Jordan for fraud involving their national telecoms company? So what is his connection to Jordan? Um, is it the country or the massive tits? <laughs> Effectively. That rings was, a... he, was he one of the millions of people who'd been uh, engaged to Katie Price at some point? I seem, or... I seem to think I've heard that before with Katie Price. I don't know why, but the name Mark Furman, did you say? Uh, well, his name Warren Furman, but other Warren. than that... All oh, right, maybe not then. Yeah. To be fair, Mark Furman could be another one to run out <laughs> with, who knows? Uh, oh, my instinct, I'm going to go against my instinct this time. My instinct says go for the uh, Katie Price one, but I think it's, it's going to be the... The other one in Jordan, the in the actual country, the, the fraud yeah. was it? Fraud involving a telecoms yeah. company. Well, you should trust your instincts because he was engaged to Katie Price. Oh. It's ruined the dream of four marks. Mm. Mark Smith, who played Rhino, has a new profession. What is it? Is he a personal trainer? No. Um, does he train? Does he, ra- does he train rhinos? Uh, he does not. He does not. Uh, although he may have delivered one. Is he? an actor, and he has appeared in an Oscar-winning film? Or is he working as an Amazon delivery driver as of July 2018? We know this because someone tweeted him to say that their Amazon Amazon delivery driver looked a lot like him, and he responded saying, I know, it was me. <laughs> um, so what, what was the first one again? Uh, he's a film actor, and he's appeared in an Oscar-winning film. But now he could be, uh, you're saying the other option is that he's an Amazon delivery driver. Yeah, a bit of a difference between the two, but, you know, still still contribute to the economy. Still doing well, it's important best. work at the minute, isn't it? It's yeah, important exactly. work all the time. We, 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 we recognise that more than we ever did before. So I'm going to go, I'm going to say the Amazon one, because he got a, uh, he got a tweet and then they recognised him and he said, yeah, that was me. Yeah, uh, you'd be wrong. <laughs> he, I mean, he's not, he's not sort of a massively popular actor. He has appeared in some of the Pirates of the Caribbean films. And he's also been in the Ben Affleck film Argo, uh, which won an Oscar. Oh, I think right, okay. won an Oscar for Best Picture. Quite a good film, actually. Um, I will look out. I know. I've been thinking about watching the Pirates of the Caribbean films back, actually, because I do like them. Um, so I've been thinking about watching that back. So I might, I might, I'll look out for him. Yeah. Um, so Nicky Diamond, who played Scorpio on Gladiators, uh, why did she have to pull out after three series? Was it that she injured her back whilst appearing in Pantomime? Or... She fell off a ladder whilst clearing out a gutter and injured herself. Oh. Now, this obviously could be in your earlier quiz of sports stars injuries, really, it, couldn't it? It could have been. Um, and I, I I don't know why I seem to maybe have heard of this one as well, but again, I could just be making it up. I don't know. So I think that she f- I think she fell off a ladder. Uh, no, unfortunately, she... Um, injured back. I'm terribly wrong. Injured her back in pantomime. I don't know. I don't know what part she was playing. So all of that um, stuff that they do in in gladiators, but yeah, she injured her back doing a pantomime. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it can be it can be difficult when you're out of your comfort zone, can't it? Uh, if you're not doing hang tough or yeah, well, what else was there? Duel. Uh, Duel yeah. There was um, 
What was the assault course one called? At the end of it. Um, no, 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 no. That was the main one. The, the that was called the Eliminator. But yeah. there was the Gauntlet. Uh, Gauntlet. That was the one. Uh, there was yeah. the, the one where there was in the balls, in the big giant balls. Oh yeah, yeah. And then there was, what that was there was the one, on the, the one on the rings. Mm. There was also they were great games. Yeah. Uh, have you ever done anything like that? Have you ever been sort of or, or doing any like Ninja Warrior type things or nah. anything along those lines? Nah. I'm definitely going to injure myself if I do anything like that. Yeah. To be fair, I once went trampolining, and that, that's how I sort of broke my finger, which actually could be a good. You. Um, you once went on a uh, giant inflatable snowman in Rotherham Town, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was boiling hot inside there, which is ironic because we're inside a snowman. But and we mentioned that last week as well. We did. Um, so, Michael Wilson, who played Cobra in Gladiators, what does he list as one of his hobbies? Is it collecting commemorative plates or is it painting watercolours? Um, it's going to have to be a guess. Um... Well, I'd be impressed if you actually knew it. Well, um, from speak- if you spoke to him personally or you just happened to know. I'm hoping a question does come up because I do know something about one of the gladiators and, and it's not come up yet, but I'm hoping it does. Uh, for this well, do one... I, do you wanna... Go on, sorry. For this one, I'm going to guess that it's the plates. He collects commemorative plates. No, he quite enjoys painting with watercolours. How am I managing to guess them all along? Um, go on, what, what, what's your interesting fact about so, a gladiator? Let's see what it's on here. Have you got any questions about Trojan? Um, I haven't, no. no. So, Trojan... Actually, yeah. I think I know what you might be about to say, so go on. Trojan, I don't think you were, but Trojan played Action Man in, in the Action Man series, which I don't know was ever on telly, but it was certainly on video, so they made a version of Action Man for video, I... and yeah, he, he played the Action Man. I think Action Man, I think, it's not Action Man, I think Trojan is another actor who is in Hollywood, and he's been in a fair few sort of these American... TV programs, and he was in a program that I watched a couple of weeks ago. Have you ever watched the program NCIS? No. Um, it's US sort of Navy cop program. He was in that, and he, he shot someone in it, and what have you. And afterwards, when I was doing the research, it turned out it was a former... I remember him being on it, because obviously he got the English accent, which means that he said, oh, come on, sweetheart, he was asking for it, <laughs> weren't he? Because um, that's how every English person speaks according to Hollywood. Uh, and it, it was in that, so yes, I believe it's Trojan who is a fairly well-known actor. Um, Judy Simpson, who played Nightshade. Uh, I did read quite a lot about her that was a total load of rubbish, but uh, which one of these is true and which one isn't? There was a fair amount of stuff that was completely unsourced that I couldn't find to corroborate or anything like that. So, Is she a gold medal winning athlete or does she now run a successful lighting company which includes a strap line, Nightshade's Lightshade? Now, I'd love for it to be the second one. I was going to even suggest that as a as a joke, but uh, you've just done that in your quiz. So I, I, I seem to think that I, I do remember something about, either if not her, one of the gladiators being an Olympian. So I reckon it was Nightshade. Uh, you'll be correct. Well done. There are a few. Uh, Sharon Davis, the former swimmer, if you remember her, um, I think still presents some of the BBC's swimming programmes. She was a gladiator, as was a... What was, what was her gladiator name? Oh, I don't I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, so feel free to try and make one up. Okay. Um, and also Dwayne Ledejo, who I think was a former 400-metre runner and decathlete. He also ended up being a gladiator towards the end at one point as well. So a, a few people actually achieved a little bit of fame. Uh, beforehand who then went on to become gladiators so possibly the best known there was, there wasn't there was an occasion where i think one of the winners of the gladiators as a contestant became a gladiator for the following series i think um well 
let's get to that, shall we? All right, here we go. Um, <laughs> so, probably, the, who, who would you say is the best known gladiator? Um, well, evil, evil lightning, mm-hmm. um, or hunter, possibly was oh, quite popular yeah, yeah. at the time. But I would say that, um, I would say that my my favourite when I was a kid was Warrior. He had a bit oh, of right. a he had a bit of an Arnold Schwarzenegger thing about him. He was a, a yeah. really big bloke. So I, I would have said for, as a favourite, it would have been Warrior. But I think, uh, uh, and and obviously my favourite was really Lightning as well, not Warrior. You know, but in, yeah. uh, out of the male gladiators, <laughs> my favourite was Warrior. Um, but yeah, I think Hunter was quite popular at the time. Oh no, Hunter. no, oh no! I've missed one. I've missed one. I've missed one. Wolf. He was the famous. He was the famous one. I forgot all about him. Okay. And now to confirm, I haven't in any way, to the best of my knowledge, given you any sort of no. clues or sort of just to, you've said wolf. Your feedback. The next one is about wolf. What are the chances? Um, <laughs> where did he get his name from? His real name is Michael Van Van Wyke. I think his name is. It's obviously gladiator name. Wolf. Where did he get his name from? Is it that he's a massive fan of Wolverhampton Wanderers and insisted on the name Wolf and nearly left the show before it started as producers wanted to call him Beast? <laughs> or is it he unsuccessfully auditioned to be in the Kevin Costner film Dancers with Wolves? He then adopted the persona of a wolf. He's, I, oh, I'm trying to remember. He's, I even had a wolf T-shirt, you know, as a kid. Did you? Yeah. Um, did you like the baddie then? He, For surely people disliked him. Yeah, they did, but he was he was the pantomime villain, weren't they? Um, a bit of a figure one. But but did he, he he played up to it? Would he would he in real life have been a bit of a diva as well? You know, with with his football team and wanting to support, wanting to have that name because of his. Um, and it was filmed in Birmingham, in the so that's you know not far from the area of the football club, I suppose. Um, oh, was it the NEC? It was filmed at. Yeah, but indoor indoor arena here in Birmingham. Don't you remember um, Eureka Johnson saying that every week? Yeah. Um, but I think uh, this is tough. I, I, I think it's the first one. I think he was a Wolves fan, and I think he got a, a bit of a strap on. Uh, no, it was actually he auditioned for Kevin Costner. I should have thought to myself, you, you couldn't have possibly made the other one up, but you have made some good uh, reasons up before. Um, yeah, it was uh, he, he auditioned for Dancers with Wolves unsuccessfully, and then sort of took on the persona of like a character of a wolf almost. So Warrior, who you was one of your favourites, looked a bit like Arnold Schwarzenegger, as he said. Can you remember his real name? John Thompson. Uh, no, that's, uh, that is not even remotely correct. His name is Michael Ahern, I think. All oh, right, okay. Uh, what happened to him? Is it that he's now a professional music director and has been involved in doing the musical score on a number of BBC programmes, including Planet Earth 2? Or did he end up in prison after passing money to a policeman on behalf of a man charged with attempted murder? Right. <laughs> Two slightly different events very, there, obviously. Very different, very different. Um... Okay, I think he used to walk. I think his 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 song that he used to walk out to was "You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet" by the Backman Overdrive. Uh, that's I remember his walkout oh, song. That's how much of a fan I were. Um, uh, he was particularly very good at the uh, the Gauntlet game. Out of that was I think his his best his best one. He was he was good at. But anyway, um, yeah, let's let's. Oh, I hope he weren't a bad guy, but. Uh, so in that case, I'm going to go for the one that he's a musical director on BBC. I just can't see it, but I want—I hope it's the good one out of the two. Well, it says a lot about the kind of person you are, really, doesn't it? Uh, unfortunately, you are wrong, and he was... Uh, and it That's disappointing. Never meet your heroes. I mean, fortunately, Never I haven't. Never meet your heroes. Um, so, yeah, obviously quite uh, quite a sad, uh, sad story that he was involved in there. Um, now, the final question is Eunice Kuhart... Eunice Huthart, maybe? 
she was invited back to the show as a gladiator blaze and she was formerly a contestant and i believe the, the only contestant they ever had who went on to become a gladiator what is her celebrity connection is it she works as a sports nutritionist she is formerly of chelsea football club and she's married to former chelsea player damien duff or she works as a stunt double in hollywood often covering for angelina jolie and she is a godmother to one of her kids all oh, right okay um Again, for you to have made one of those up is quite is 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 quite a skill. Um, I'm gonna go. Thank you. I'm gonna go. Damien, that she's married to Damien Duff, and she was a sports nutritionist for Chelsea. Uh, no, she is actually a Hollywood. Uh, I've I've definitely managed to guess most of these incorrect again, haven't I? Uh, it's all right. Don't worry. I was doing it. I, I did the same thing last week, so I'm I'm not gonna cast any stands there. Uh, the, the more important news, though, is that Sharon Davis played Amazon in Gladiators. But I think more important than that is that David James had 572 Premier League appearances and Mark Swartz only 514. Well, this came up in a quiz the other day. and So you're saying that you were correct and not me? Uh, yes, sounds fairly plausible, yeah. Are we, say, are we saying Premiership or are we saying league, including Division uh, League when it was called League Division 1? This is the key. I do well, no. When I said Premier League appearances, what I meant was Premier League, not when it was called something else. I, I think that needs double checking because this came up in a quiz, I'm sure, and I'm sure I got the right answer when I gave Mark Swartzer. But anyway, uh, that is one for next week. We'll, we'll put that in our issues to clear up from next week. And if anyone wants to get in touch and put either Fisher or me right or tell us we're wrong, I, I, I know you, you're saying you looked it up, but I'm not, I'm not convinced about that. Issues to clear up. I've got it. I've got it here in front of me. It says it on the internet, so it must be true. <laughs> David James, five hundred and seventy-two games. Mark Swartz, five hundred and fourteen. Mm. David James, one hundred and sixty-nine clean sheets. Mark Swartz, one hundred and fifty-one. He's mm. got. He's got details of the clubs that he's played for. Um, so yeah, that's that's about it, really. Anyway. <laughs> Still disputing that. Going to take it to the regulatory commission. Um, Yeah, I did enjoy that. It was uh, very good. It's nice to. I I feel like I should get Challenge TV on and watch some old episodes of Gladiators. I think. Um, It was still on there. Well, I think think it is. I remember seeing it before, but I'm sure you can find them online and so on, can't you? But no, I really enjoyed that. Uh, So thank you very much for listening to us today. Uh, of course, you can get in touch, and we will give you a shout-out, as we proved at the start of the show. We will give people a shout-out when they uh, get in touch with us or uh, link to our pages or whatever. Uh, so you can follow us on uh, Twitter, at Waste of Webspace. Same on Facebook, wasteofwebspace.co.uk. We've also got an Instagram account now as well that we post uh, our pictures on and everything. Yep. Uh, anything to add, or are we all good to go? No, obviously, we probably want to say and make it quite clear that if we actually become quite popular, then we'll stop giving shout-outs to people because we'll not have the chance to get in touch and um, say exactly specifically who people are. But for now, we're that unpopular that we can still individually name some of our listeners. Exactly. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Goodbye.